Hi, I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Here's the podcast for The Jeremiah Johnston Show. And don't forget, you can also listen live across the Faith Radio Network Saturdays at 11 a.m. Central or 12 Eastern for the entire hour. And if you want your question read on the live show, go ahead and send it to me at www.askjjj.com. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to The Jeremiah Johnston Show. Combining cutting-edge biblical scholarship with meaningful, thought-provoking discussions and practical answers to your questions. It's time to own your faith and be a Christian thinker with our host, author, Bible scholar, apologist, and president of the Christian Thinker Society, Dr. Jeremiah Johnston. And welcome to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. This is the program that has interactive discussions led by you, submitting your questions to us, inspirational teaching, entertaining interviews, and extremely practical yet pointed answers to some of the most difficult questions that we face in those vulnerable and raw moments of life. My wife and I were faced with an extremely, quote-unquote, raw moment in life when we were told by a doctor, um, in fact, when that doctor recommended a fetal It's hard for me to even say this because it's such a cultural euphemism. She actually recommended a fetal reduction. Yeah, that's right. Can you believe that? In our very first high-risk doctor's appointment, we were told that we should just reduce, again, to use that cultural euphemism, two of our three triplets. Well, of course, we didn't consider that for a moment, but we did in that raw moment begin praying at a whole new level level. And friends, are you in that place right now? Are you in a place where you have an extreme challenge in your life? You're in that raw moment of life. Well, guess what? Today's program is really going to encourage you because we're talking about fearless prayer with my good friend from the West Coast from Biola University, Professor Craig Hazen, who's just written a book on fearless praying. And I just want to remind you right at the outset what Oswald Chambers said about prayer. We have to pray with our eyes on God not on the difficulties. So often we're like the dad in Mark 9. We can't see Jesus right in front of us because the challenge is right next to us. And we say, Lord, if you can do anything, will you do it? And do you remember how Jesus responded in Mark 9, 22 to 24? If I can, (laughs) he looks back at the dad like, if I can, he said, everything is possible to those who believe. I'm also reminded of what George Mueller, that great prayer warrior, said about prayer He said that faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which man can do. Faith begins where man's power ends. So no matter what you're going through, you might have sought all of man's means or resources. That is where the power of God begins, where man's power ends. Today is going to be a special encouragement to your heart. I'm ready to hear it, aren't you? I'm ready to dive deep into how we can all be better prayer warriors to address not only our own needs, but to pray for so many of the needs around us. That's called prayers of intercession. I want to be someone that can be relied on to pray for others who are struggling or challenged. That's what this program's all about. This is actually the first program we've done about prayer so far in our series of programs since we began. We're going to do many more because this is a many this is a frequently asked question. So definitely get your Bible out. Get something to write with if you can. Wherever you're joining us, you're going to be encouraged. We're, we've got to step away for a 90-second break. When we come back, Craig Hayes and I are going to be discussing what it means to pray fearless prayers. 
and welcome to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. This is your host, Jeremiah, greeting all of you listening across the Faith Radio Network, both in the central and eastern time zones, as well as the thousands of show podcast subscribers that we have. Uh, welcome to this program. If this is your first time listening... This is a show that celebrates being a Christian thinker, and no, uh, that is not an oxymoron to say someone is a Christian thinker. Uh, Well, I guess for some it is, uh, but not for the individuals on this program, and we celebrate uh, great Christian thinkers. We've welcomed the brightest thinkers uh, from around the world, and we've tackled tough questions, and how this show began was really you, the audience, submitting thousands of questions to me via AskJJJ.com, which reminds me to remind you uh, you can submit your question right now to www.askjjj.com. I receive those questions, and then we sift through them and read them on the air. So if yours is not read this week, uh, be sure and subscribe because it will likely be aired in an upcoming program. I have joining us uh, from Southern California today on the line someone who's become a good friend of mine and an individual that I have respected for years. I have joining us Professor Craig J. Hazen, who is Professor of Comparative Religion and Christian Apologetics at the Great Biola University. And he's also founder and director of the Christian Apologetics Program, which, friends, is known worldwide as one of the finest, if not the finest, Christian apologetics programs at a university level uh, in the world. In fact, uh, Craig, first, thank you so much for being on the program today. Oh, thanks for having me. I was speaking the other night in, uh, at Florida Gulf Coast University, and we had individuals there uh, who were graduates of your Christian apologetics certificate. So I wanted to say that in the program. Everywhere I go, I meet people who are grads or who have been directly affected by a program that you really architected. We're going to get into that. Um, but, of course, uh, Hazen holds a Ph.D. in religious studies, biological sciences. He studied international law, human rights. He's lectured around the world. He's a really cool guy, too, because he has a great sense of humor. And, hey, you shouldn't go into Christian leadership if you don't have a good sense of humor. Just a little <laughs> a bit of advice for you there. Um, he's lectured multiple times, even in Washington, D.C., at, at Capitol Hill, White, at the White House, He also, uh, doing radio is nothing new to him because he used to be a national radio talk show host and on-camera expert for different broadcast television networks. He and his wife, Karen, live in Southern California, and they are also, we're kindred spirits because they're multiples parents as well. So they're just incredible people. And friends, I want you to know that he has a brand new book published by Harvest House, the good people at Harvest House Publishers. I'm holding it in my hand right now, and it's called Fearless Prayer. Why we don't ask and why we should. So, Craig, tell us the big idea of fearless prayer. Why did we need another book on prayer? Yeah, well, the even more fun question is why would a guy like me write a book on prayer? Yeah, I I told him my colleagues on the Biola campus that I got a contract for to write a new book, and he's like, "Oh, what's it going to be on?" And I said, "It's going to be on prayer." And he just paused and stared at me, <laughs> like, like, "Wait a minute, you." You're going to write a book on prayer? I'm not the kind of guy that people would assume is going to write a book on prayer. You know, I'm not like a Dallas Willard type, you know, but uh, although I love his work and I really sure. love the subject, I love to pray and I love to see Amen. God move through prayer. But it's just not, I'm not uh, more of the touchy feely uh, extrovert kind of guy who just rushes out and prays with people. But there was a passage in the Gospel of John that just captured my attention. And, uh, I'm sure you've read it a million times, as, as, as many in your audience, but it just goes like this. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, says Jesus, 
then ask then ask for anything and it will be done for you i read it read it so many times and suddenly it just hit me between the eyes that i'm not sure i really believe that mm-hmm. mm. so that set me off on the uh, the research and the writing of this particular little book but i think and i do think your audience will really enjoy it cuz i think it did wrestle with that passage and came to terms with it and it's very exciting what it actually means and and go ahead and unpack it for us i mean what does it mean because we believe in the power of prayer audrey and i have seen obviously in our own life i mean we were we were told when we went to our triplet appointment uh, professor hazen that our doctor who is an expert from johns hopkins looked at us and recommended a fetal reduction uh, when she oh saw the ultrasound of two of our three triplets, and we just, of course, immediately rejected that. And I became really bold about asking God's people to pray. We believe in the power of collective prayer. But go ahead and unpack that passage because that's a tough one, isn't it? And, and I love, I want to, I'm reading your table of contents here. And friends, this is a book that you need to buy right now on Amazon or wherever books are sold near you. Again, Fearless Prayer by our guest. Professor Craig Hazen, you talk about awakening to the words of Jesus and just help us. Um, you know, we have an interdenominational audience. Help us uh, exegete the passage, Craig. Yeah, well, uh, there is a, a sort of pr- a preliminary question in, in approaching this question, and that is, what is prayer in the first place? What What is it? You know, and so if I'm going to write a book on prayer, I mean, I'm a scholarly type. I'm going to read a bunch of books on prayer. So I did this, and I discovered. There's a lot of people who have a, a very different view of prayer than uh, Jesus did or uh, than the scriptures do. It's very strange. I mean, so, some people think that asking for things asking for things, is a very low-level conception of prayer, that really what you want to aim for is some higher mystical level where you're not really asking for things. You're just having a kind of communion with God. Hmm. Now, I'm all for that. In fact, I hope that gets uh, woven into anything I do in terms of prayer. But the idea of asking things of God is is actually central to biblical prayer. And this kind of came as a shock to me because I've been in so many groups and read so many books where people thought that that was really some sort of low-level Christian operation. But uh, J.I. Packer, uh, who is no you know wild-eyed charismatic by any stretch, J.I. Packer wrote this. But at the core, where all people of prayer bend their knees, prayer is asking, begging God to supply felt needs. In a broad sense, he says, asking is the very essence of praying. And Dallas Willard concurred with this. He said, the picture of prayer that emerges from the life and teachings of Jesus in the Gospels is quite clear. Basically, it's one of asking, requesting things from God. Uh, I found that to be true when you actually go through and read the kinds of prayers that are offered up in the New Testament and the Old Testament. That's what's going on. People are petitioning God for things, you know, uh, maybe even you know spiritual things like growth in their own life, but often material things or spiritual things that you know for doors to open in ministry and so on. And so that's that's like step one, understanding what prayer is. And prayer is fundamentally asking. And Jesus supported this himself in the. When when he answered the question, uh, you know, one of his disciples said, uh, "Lord, teach us to pray." And Jesus does this, and he teaches us the Lord's Prayer, which all scholars agree is a series of six asks, six requests of God. You know, 
And so even from Jesus, when he teaches on prayer, it's about asking him for things. And I think asking is not a low-level spiritual enterprise. It puts us in a position of dependence upon God that really uh, puts us just where God wants us. Hmm. And I, I've just discovered that over the last 10 years of practicing this, that that, that really is a wonderful posture before God, being one of, being in a, a constant, almost moment-by-moment moment, uh, need of him uh, and, and requesting that, uh, that he straighten your path and, and open up the doors. So powerful. Again, if you're just joining us on the Jeremiah Johnson Show, we're listening to Craig Hazen, professor and founder of the Apologetics in movement, really, but of the apologetics program out of Biola University. We're discussing his brand new book, Hardcover, Fearless Prayer, Why We Don't Ask and Why We Should. You're bringing up a great point, and just as I'm listening to you, Professor Hazen, I'm thinking of that book by J.B. Phillips, Your God is Too Small. And I remember what old J.B. Phillips, who many people in our audience may not know, was really the successor in many ways of C.S. Lewis, um, you know, he could tell if people had a big God or a little God, the way they prayed. And can you just give our audience permission to ask God for the big things, the big needs that they have in their life? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, uh, although I think this passage in, in John chapter 15 is talking about specific types of prayers, um, through this study I discovered we need to just pray a lot more about everything. And, uh, and and not be afraid. In fact, I really encourage people, even if they, they detect what, that what they want to pray is a very selfish prayer, like, I want my personal ski lodge in Aspen, God. There it is, you know. Uh, you know, I actually encourage people to pray that, because in praying that, they're at least getting in front of God. And the Holy Spirit then gets an opportunity to tinker with their soul, you know, and right. maybe change up their request a little bit to make it more in line with uh, God's kingdom and God's purposes. So I just say pray with abandon. Now, it's nice if you can formulate your prayers so that they're very effective, and I think that's what we can explore in John 15. And what are some of those effective um, ways of prayer? Um, give us some of the footnotes, if you would. Yeah, well, to really understand this passage in John 15, again, uh, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. I mean, that's a remarkable promise. Uh, but really, when we're looking at a passage like that from our perch here in North America, it just seems kind of odd. It seems like we don't know people who actually live that out, uh, and we aren't living it out ourselves. And so we, we scratch our heads over that. So I... Uh, I started asking pastors and church leaders about this particular passage, and, and uh, most of them, when they said, uh, when they gave me their advice on how to interpret this, they'd say something like this: "Well, Hazen, you got to be careful with a passage like that." And then mm. dot dot dot. Then they'd fill in the blank. You know, uh, you got to be careful with that. I, mean, I remember one pastor said, "Well, I think for that really to kick in, you got to be within spitting distance of Jesus." You know? uh. But that's not no, what the I think passage what he meant, says. He had to be, you know, like within a few yards or uh, in his time and place. You know, now that's not in the text anywhere. And uh, I think when John wrote this, he was certainly writing it for a church that was, you know, living well beyond Jesus at the time. So not sure that really plays out well. But there's all kinds of funny little objections like that. Like it's only for pastors or clergy. It's only for the spiritual superstars. Um, but there are a couple of 
there are a couple of objections that I think are really important uh, that we have to look at, and because there are the things that are keeping us from really uh, understanding and and uh, attaining, you know, like the spiritual value of this. And the the first one I would bring up is, uh, and I have I have some pretty good evidence that this is the case, but uh, we modern evangelical Christians of sort of a mainstream variety look at a passage like this and go, oh my, uh, that's troublesome because that seems to be something that the uh, the word faith movement would enjoy. You know, the the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel people. I suppose the pejorative term is you know, the, the name it and claim it bunch, you know. And people don't like to be associated with them, and so they go, oh, that seems to be a passage that they uh, would camp on, and so we don't really want that uh, uh, to, we don't want to take that too seriously, or we, we want to be very careful with it. Mm, so good. Again, friends, if you're just joining us, um, my guest is Craig Hazen. We've got to jump to a quick 90-second break, but you don't want to hear the rest of what uh, you absolutely want to hear the rest. Of, you don't want to miss the rest of what Craig is saying about prayer. My guest today is Professor Craig Hazen. I want to encourage you to connect with him on Twitter, at Craig Hazen on Twitter, and also I'm going to be discussing his testimony also in the next in the next uh, segment as well. So stay with us. 90 second break. We'll be right back with the Jeremiah Johnson. Welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. My special guest today is Professor Craig Hazen. He's Professor of Comparative Religion and Christian Apologetics at Biola University. And his latest book, he's an author of several books, but his latest book is what we've been discussing. If you missed the first segment, you're definitely going to want to subscribe to the show where you can listen to it again later. We're talking about his new book, published by Harvest House, Fearless Prayer, Why We Don't Ask and Why We Should. Now, Professor Hazen, we had to go to a break a moment ago, but you were in the midst of talking about some of these objections um, and people on the opposite ends of the spectrum. So just keep right on uh, with the line that you were uh, teaching us. You bet. Yeah, some people shy away from this amazing prom- promise of Jesus in John chapter 15 because they, they, they see it abused on Christian television and uh, in, in wor- the word faith movement, the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. And so they're a little reluctant to really uh, uh, embrace that wholeheartedly. Well, here's my attitude towards that. Oh, my goodness, I'm not going to let a group that might very well be abusing this passage to uh, keep me from getting the full spiritual benefit of this, because it's an amazing promise, and I want to make sure that uh, it kicks in in full gear in my life. And so that's, that's objection number one. Some people, and a lot of people, I have some evidence for this, that shy away from this passage because uh, it's abused in certain circles. Now, uh, there's another objection that I think is uh, very important to consider, and it's, it carries a little bit of weight, uh, and it's this. Uh, people say, Hazen, well, you've got to be careful with this because it is a conditional after all. It says, if you do these things, then this wonderful result will happen. Right? If you abide in me, and if my words abide in you, then you ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So maybe we're not living up to the, the conditional. Well, I really brooded on that for a couple of years, you know, and asking mm-hmm. around. And, 
And my conclusion was this. Uh, I think by and large, uh, the, the Christians that I bump into on a regular basis, who are obviously the mature people in the church, uh, uh, fulfill this conditional without any problem whatsoever. In fact, think about this. Here, here you've got a radio audience listening to an overtly Christian program that highlights the Word of God and Christian thinking. I mean, whoever's listening to this is probably very interested in abiding in Christ and having Christ's words abide in them. I'll bet you your audience are people who uh, go to church once or twice a week and uh, listen to the teaching of the Word of God. They teach their children the Word of God. Their children teach them the Word of God. And, uh, and so they're filled with uh, Christian thinking and biblical studies and worship how would that not be considered abiding in the Lord and having his words abide in you? I think it qualifies. In fact, one thing to think about is when Jesus was saying these words in John chapter 15, it was just hours. It was just hours before the people he was teaching this to abandoned him and, and fled for their lives and so on. I mean, so this so true. Uh, performing this uh in some sort of perfect way, is really not what the Scripture is calling for. But I think, by and large, my brothers and sisters in the Lord that I meet on a regular basis fulfill this conditional. And so that's pretty exciting. It really now, is. there's another one. Uh, Jeremiah, I think you'll, you'll resonate with this little problem. There's another problem, and it might be the most uh, difficult one of all in facing down a verse like this and really getting full value from it. And it's this. Uh, we, as Christian people here in the Western world, are immersed in a worldview called naturalism. Yeah. We're just soaking in it, and we don't even know it by and large. Uh, uh, we, we just, uh, we, it's the air we breathe. And what I mean by naturalism is something very simple. Let me, I'll give you the simple definition, not the philosophical version, but uh, it simply means we don't really believe supernatural things happen. Or if we do believe them, we don't think they're going to happen in our sphere of influence or to us. And so we're, even as Christians in the Western world, we are not particularly supernaturally minded. And so it's very important for us to find a way to get a big breath of fresh supernatural air in order to take a passage like this seriously. After all, it really is a miracle when you're, when you're asking uh, the Savior or God the Father for something, and he provides it for you. That is a miracle. And it's, it's supernatural, and we need to be more open to such things. Indeed. Um, and I love Chapter 9 of your book. In fact, I was just going to, because I also like the Truman Show, I love your intro. Again, friends, we're talking to Professor Craig Hazen, uh, who is Professor... Um, of Comparative Religion and Christian Apologetics at Biola University. He's also founder and director of the Christian Apologetics Program at Biola and their certificate program. His new book, Fearless Prayer, is what we're discussing. Uh, I love this chapter of naturalism because so many people, I think, that we meet when we're in churches, they, they, they hear about miracles, but they doubt that those miracles will actually apply or work to their in their own life and experience. What do you say to the person who says, you know, Professor Hazen, I've prayed, but, you know, I, God hasn't answered my prayer. I don't really believe God still is in the miracle-working business. <laughs> I, think they, I think they need to write down their prayers every day and, and look back to see how God actually does fulfill these things. Amen. 
Yeah, and it doesn't hurt at all to make your very first prayer, God, help me to pray effectively today. Help me to pray right along your will and uh, and for your kingdom. And then watch and see what happens. Uh, in my experience, it's it's almost a, a, a perfect, well, it's, it's like bowling 300 every time. Wow. Is that a thing you can do, bowl 300? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Even insurmountable. <laughs> Um, so continuing on, uh, such a great book again, uh, friends, I want to encourage you to buy it. It's called Fearless Prayer and Why We Don't Ask and Why We Should. You know, Professor Hazen, Audrey and I, my wife Audrey, uh, we flew to Seoul, Korea several years ago. Um, we actually spent our first anniversary, so this would have been 14 years ago, uh, in Seoul, Korea at uh, David Yonggi Cho's church studying the prayer habits of the Korean Christians and it was just remarkable to me. And I, I, you caused me to think about that when you said we kind of need an, a new dose of the supernatural power of Almighty God. And Audrey and I went to Prayer Mountain. We went to the Prayer Grottoes in Seoul, Korea. And watching the Koreans pray, there was an intensity to their prayer life. They expected God. They spoke to God as if he was in the room. We went to their cell groups. And, you know, people pray differently, friends, in different environments. And, it may, you know, some of us, we get a little too crusty or too uh, kind of in the fashion of how perhaps we've been taught to pray. And we get uncomfortable when people talk to, people, to God in different ways. Can you, can you just talk about the freedom that we have in prayer? I know I'm getting a little further away from your book, but I'm sure in your studies, just Prayer is expressed in a lot of different ways. Can you just touch on that? Because we have a wide audience that listens to this. Yeah, you know, I mean, you just compare my wife and me and the way we pray. I'm I'm pretty analytical, even in my prayer life. And so, but I do write down my prayers, but I don't journal. I simply write them down. It's like a, a one yeah. or two word bullet point to remind me what I prayed about on a particular day, you know. Whereas my wife, who's much more verbal and much more extroverted, will will fill notebooks full of prayers, you know, and wow. and uh, I have no doubt God really enjoys hearing from her. Now I, I think He enjoys hearing from me too. Uh, I just have a very different style in approaching it, and I think it's been refreshing for men to hear this because uh, they think we've got to be a little bit more on the feminine side or on the extroverted side in order to make this stuff work, in order to be like a real person of prayer, a real spiritual person. But I don't think that's the case at all. Um, I really do love the Word of God, and I dive into it every day. And I I mean, I'm thrilled to read it every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and prayer has always been a struggle for me. And get this, uh, it's it's been a struggle for everybody that I know who prays. Yeah, That was universal, by the way, in the, in the books on prayer is that uh, every person who wrote one said, it's a struggle. And so if you're having a struggle with it, uh, don't worry about it. You're in, you're in very, very good company. Uh, but God hears us all alike, even my, my wife's uh, uh, wordy, flowery prayers and my short, uh, succinct prayers. Again, our guest is Professor Craig Hazen. We're talking about his fantastic book, Fearless Prayer. And uh, my heart's just being moved listening to you. Um, talking about prayer, and can you help our audience also, Professor Hazen? We have many new Christians, and they've never been taught to pray. Um, and I want to share this with you, Professor Hazen, um, and I don't know if I've shared it uh, on my radio show before, but Audrey and I decided to do something 
when we first started dating that I had never done done before in a dating relationship. Um, and it's really because I married a saint. Uh, I truly believe my wife's a saint. And we ended our date um, praying for each other, like out loud. And, I mean, I had never had a date end this way before. And uh, no wonder we dated for three and a half years and we've been married for 15. And, and uh, God's just in the center of our marriage. He's always been there. We pray for each other. I mean, Audrey came in my office this morning just struggling with something. I mean, it's so busy having a uh, husband who travels and is busy, and then just uh, our life is nonstop. It's a train wreck every day, even on the best days with triplets. And we just stopped and prayed for each other. And when I talk about this, especially as as it relates to couples, there are a lot of husbands and wives who would love to pray together, but they just don't know how. No one's ever emulated it. No one's ever taught them. And then they get really... Many people are just, they feel like they're not worthy to pray with someone or for someone or over someone. Um, Can you just guide our audience of new Christians, how they can start praying, how, you know, there aren't a bunch of prerequisites. How how does someone talk to God if they're really wanting to know uh, sincerely from your answer, from uh, both what you say in in your book, Fearless Prayer? Well, this, this, I think the most exciting part of prayer is something I, you know, latched onto about a decade ago and is the result. It resulted in this book. So let me give that. Let me give the last piece of the puzzle then, which will I think ramp up the excitement level for people who pray regularly and people who are really struggling uh, to pray even in the first place. So this passage again in John 15, starting with uh, ver- well, verse 7: If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. See, there's one other aspect that needs to be taken care of before we get the full spiritual power of that, and it's this. There's a context to this passage. There's a context. In other words, it's not just sitting out there for for you to ask for anything like that ski lodge in Aspen. It's really not about that. Although, if you really want one, I encourage you to ask because prayer is better than no prayer. That's right. Uh, But in this case, uh, there's a context, and the context is this. It's about fruit-bearing. It's about fruit bearing. It's about bearing the Lord's fruit. He is the vine, that is the the big woody plant that's firmly planted in the ground and brings up water and nutrients. And he, Jesus, the vine, sends them out to the branches. We are the branches. You know, we, we wander along the twine or the wire in the vineyard, and we bear the fruit, right? The grapes are going to be grown with, uh, in our purview. Well, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about bearing the Lord's fruit. And, and we're called to do this. And he's promised that if we're tightly plugged into the vine, uh, we will bear fruit. And this passage is telling us that if we need anything, right, if we need anything at all, money, resources, volunteers, a new truck, you know, a moving van, uh, a better spiritual insight, uh, we can ask for that and he will give it to us as we attempt to move his kingdom forward and bear his fruit. That is exciting. Uh, This has stimulated my prayer life in dramatic ways. And I can't wait to pray for certain things, because at the end of the day I say, there's no way that God would not do this. And, boy, that's that's just a formula to really get people to pray with with, uh, regularity and with excitement. So good. Professor Craig Hazen is dropping all kinds of wisdom on the Jeremiah Johnston Show on prayer today. We've got to take a quick 90-second break. We're going to step out. When we come back, I'm going to be talking to Dr. Hazen about the Biola Christian Apologetics Program. 
something that thousands of people are being touched by right now. I also want to talk about his testimony, and don't worry, I'm going to ask him about his own unanswered questions. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jeremiah Johnson Show. Friends, welcome back to the Jeremiah Johnson Show. Our special guest today is Professor Craig J. Hazen, Professor of Comparative Religion and Christian Apologetics at Biola University, and he's founder and director of the Christian Apologetics Program, a program that uh, the Holy Spirit has used. And Professor Hazen, um, and by the way, friends, if you've missed any of the earlier part of this hour-long program, definitely get his book, Fearless Prayer. We just spent two entire segments. I have been so encouraged to encouraged uh, by his words today. Um, his book has already encouraged me. And what I love about this is it's a book you can read on an airplane. You can keep it with you. And it's a book to be re- read again and again. Keep it wherever you keep your devotional materials. Um, I think that you've just really blessed the church. And I think it's really cool. Professor Hazen, if I can just say this, yes, you're a first-rate scholar, yes, you're an apologist, but apologetics is all about answering the questions people have about our faith today, and I know this, and you know this, a lot of people have questions about how to be better prayer warriors, how to be better interceders, and uh, you've just done such a great job with this book, so thank you for blessing uh, the church with this book, Fearless Prayer. Again, I want to encourage our audience to pick it up. I want to transition, though, because I first came uh, to know who you were. Um, over a decade ago, just by knowing the Biola Apologetics Program and the amazing impact um, that it's having, um, you really architected the Apologetics Program. So just tell our audience about it, because we have a lot of great... This, this program is all about being a great Christian thinker. It's birthed right out of Christian Thinker Society. We have people that want to love God with their heart, soul, and mind. They want to go deeper. How can they join up with the Apologetics Program with you, Professor Hazen? Yeah, well, there's a couple of ways to do it. Uh, we really encourage people who have a, a bachelor's degree in any field to think about doing a master of arts degree in Christian apologetics and just become one of the, the leaders in being able to articulate and defend the faith in in a very uh, hostile world. And uh, another way to do that, if uh, you're not interested in a master's degree or you already have a couple of those or something, <laughs> we have a certificate program that is first-rate. And it's a way to get some wonderful apologetics training uh, from from top thinkers in the field. And it's been our most popular educational product for years. And a person simply needs to go to uh, biola.edu. That's B-I-O-L-A dot E-D-U. And and type in slash apologetics, and you will come right to the apologetics program and, and, uh, you know, behold our wonders. (laughs) <laughs> and just and, and it's also available. I mean, I know this, but yeah, I you know we'll get tons of questions after. It's available wherever people live, right? Yeah, we designed it so that it can be done at a distance, you know, with a, just a couple of visits to campus. And uh, and some people think, well, I'm really not qualified because my undergraduate education was in accounting or something like that. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. We'll give you everything you need in order to ramp. Uh, up your studies in in the Bible, in philosophy, in history, in cultural studies, everything you need to do first-rate apologetics in the modern world. And there's such a need. I think our, our graduates would testify that doing this degree just opened doors like there's no tomorrow. 
uh, every one of them are pestered on a regular basis to 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 teach or to train or to even be at the be at a church member's home when the Mormons are coming over or something like that. You know, they're just really uh, well trained and uh, wonderful assets for each congregation. Well, and I just I affirm your work, Professor Hazen. Like I said, I've I've just enjoyed watching how the Lord used you in such a special way to architect this program. I mean, there was really nothing like an apologetics program when you launched it. So take us back to its inception. I mean, how did you get the vision for this? Why? And then hopefully you'll work in your testimony too. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, gosh, we started this thing over 20 years ago here at Biola. And uh, they already had a program in philosophy of religion at the graduate level. And so we kind of brought these things together and combined our faculty. And, and we've just never turned back. Uh, it turned out the, the timing was right. They, there was a tremendous need for people to be able to answer questions at a low level and at a very high level. And so we decided to fill that need, and the Lord has blessed that tremendously. Uh, as far as my testimony is concerned, you know, apologetics played an important role of my coming to the Lord. I and, and, and when I was a senior in high school, I was an unbeliever, and I was kind of like the village atheist or agnostic, and there were a lot of Christians kind of gunning for me, you know, thinking, wow, if we get hazed, you know, that'll be quite a notch on our Bible. And and God bless them, they, they did their best, but <laughs> they really couldn't answer any of my <laughs> questions. And looking back, my questions were pretty pathetic, and so... That wasn't saying much for the state of the intellectual activity in the church. Uh, but, you know, I did have an encounter with the Lord. And soon thereafter, I was asking the same questions, but I bumped into some Christians. God bless them. They were putting materials into my hands, some wonderful books, uh, cassette tapes at the time, I remember, uh, telling me which radio programs to listen to. And it wasn't long before that wonderful sense that, the, that God was with me started to coalesce into my mind as well. And it, I just woke up one morning going, oh my goodness, this really is true, in an objective wow. sense. And I've just never turned back. Wow. And, uh, and, and it's amazing, too, because, uh, you know, you hear you, a man who comes from no Christian heritage at all has architected what I think is the most influential apologetics program in the world. So congratulations to you doing that, well, Professor you. Hazen. And, uh, and we'll pray for you and Karen and your amazing four adult children as well. I know there's been many sacrifices along the way. I want to just pop in here about your book, Fearless Prayer. I've got to tell you a crazy story for a second for the benefit of our audience as well. So when Audrey and I were doing our first master's degree together, we had one of those crazy slash awesome seminary professors. <laughs> he probably had one too at some point, Craig. Um, and he took us to a Starbucks one day, the busiest Starbucks in town. And he said, he sat us right in, you know, in the chairs. There was about five of us, Craig, right where, you know, people line up to make their order, you know, right within, I mean, people could hear every word we were saying. He said, now we're going to all start praying for each other. And here's what each person's going to do. We're all going to pray with our eyes open and as you pray for the person, just look them right in their eyes. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. And he said, Audrey, you start. <laughs> and you want to have an awkward experience, pray for someone and just stare at them in their eyes while you're praying for them. Um, I don't know. It, it's something that I've never forgotten. And he was really making the point, you know, we can pray for people just out in the middle of Starbucks. And uh. that in ultimately made a significant impact on my prayer life. I, I now have prayed for people looking at them 
at different mm. moments, not all the time, because some people are like, this is kind of weird. Um, but other times, man, the Holy Spirit has uh, just shown up. So that's that was definitely a fearful time of my prayer life. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's a great story. Praying with eyes open in the middle of Starbucks. Again, friends, uh, Professor Craig Hazen's book is called Fearless Prayer. Um, we only have time for two more questions, uh, Dr. Hazen. I want to ask you about something that you brought up last time I interviewed you several years ago when we first started Christian Thinker Society. You made a point. I've never forgotten it. Christianity is testable. Can you just discuss that for a moment? One of the great hallmarks of our faith is it's actually testable. Yeah, uh, so I did my doctoral work in religious studies, uh, so I got a chance to do uh, comparative religious studies. I, I studied Buddhism and Hinduism and Islam and <laughs> Mormonism, you name it, and I got a chance to compare my uh, traditional Christian beliefs with the, those of other faiths and, and at a very deep level. And so while doing that, there was a couple of things that really stood out, and, and chief among them was a unique feature of Christianity that just didn't seem to come forth in any other religious movement, and that was that Christianity is testable. And what I mean by that is that you can offer evidence for it, you can offer evidence against it, and the evidence actually means something. In other words, you can make decisions about whether to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ or not, based on the evidence of the case. Wow. And uh, some people think, well, aren't, don't other religions open the door to that kind of thing? Well, well, no, not really. Even when they sound like they do, they, they're really not. Yeah, there's always some sort of escape hatch. But, uh, and I usually give this, this, uh, this passage in the New Testament to establish this for Christianity. The Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, says, says, if Jesus did not come back from the dead. Your faith is worthless. If Jesus did not come back from the dead, your faith is empty. Right? Uh, you don't find that kind of statement in the other great world religious traditions. I mean, he set Christianity up for testing, for objective so analysis. If Jesus did not come back from the dead, according to the Apostle Paul, we need to go do something else. And that is uh, true testability. And so it's such a powerful point. I've never forgotten it, friends. Uh, we're living in the golden age of Christianity. The scales of truth tip in our favor. So much more uh, we can discuss. And I hope to have Professor Craig, Craig Hazen back on our program again to discuss it. But we have time for my last question. And, Craig, I ask all of our guests. We have the world's coolest, brightest thinkers on this program. And I always say that I think that vulnerability is the new superpower to reach people. And I would love to ask you, because this entire program, uh, indeed the inception of Christian Thinker Society, was answering thousands of questions that were texted to us um, at our live events, and that's really what we do on this program. But you, Professor Hazen, I'm, I'm, just, uh, I'm interested to hear what is your unanswered question for God, or perhaps you've already struggled with it or transcended it. If you could ask Jesus anything, uh, what would it be? Yeah, you know, it would be this. You know, as a, as a person who works in the field of Christian apologetics, I've, uh, I and my colleagues have dealt pretty seriously with the idea of the problem of evil. Why, why does evil, pain, and suffering exist if we have a good God in charge? And, I, and honestly, I think we've answered that one pretty well. I won't, I won't go into an answer here, but I think we have a pretty good idea of why that's the case. But here's something that, that grows out of that that troubles me. And, and if I could get a direct, you know, phone line to God, I'd ask him this one. Why so much evil? 
Mm. Why so much? You know, did did mm. it really require that? And you know, I think it was just Holocaust Remembrance Day, the, yeah. the yesterday or the day before, and and so I saw a lot of images of what was going on in you know Nazi Germany during that horrible time, and and it, it brought up that question again for me: Why so much pain, evil, and suffering? You know, my goodness, God, it was wasn't there another way? Well, obviously there wasn't because God is sovereign and he brought things about exactly as they were supposed to be brought about. And uh, But still, uh, he doesn't give us a direct answer to the question as to why so much evil. And that, that's, that can be troubling at times. Well, it really can. Um, wow, what a great answer. Thank you so much for your transparency to share that, Professor Hazen. And uh, friends, if you want to check out all of our answers from other great guests like Professor Hazen, just go ahead and subscribe to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. We're out of time, but Professor Hazen, this has just been a delight to talk to you. Um, obviously, uh, you're, this is your sweet spot. You've done a lot in media, and the time has just flown by. I want to remind our audience this great new book, Fearless Prayer, Why We Don't Ask and Why We Should. Lee Strobel calls it insightful, inspiring, a compelling book on prayer. I want to encourage you to pick that up. Add it to your library. It's a great gift book as well to give to a friend. I have two copies. I've already given one away uh, to a friend. Professor Hazen, will you come back to the Jeremiah Johnson Show? This has been awesome. Yeah, I'd be delighted to, Jeremiah. Thank you so much, Craig, for joining us. Friends, I'll be back answering your questions that you've submitted at AskJJJ.com. Stay with us back in 90 seconds. Back to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. What a special program this has been today, focusing on the power of praying fearlessly. So I want to end where I began. Whatever you're facing today, God can meet you in prayer where man's power ends. That's where God's power begins. A woman asked G. Campbell Morgan, do you think we ought to pray about even the little things in our life? And Dr. Morgan, in this typically understated British manner, replied, Madam, can you think of anything in your life that is big to God? <laughs> I've always loved that quote. Um, you know, we think we have major problems going on in our life, but just think about how big God is. All of our problems, all of our challenges are very small compared to the great God that we serve. One of my Christian heroes, the first American foreign missionary, Adnayim Jetson, was fond of saying this about his prayer life. I never prayed sincerely and earnestly for anything but that it came at some point. No matter how distant a day, somehow, in some shape, probably the last I would have devised, it came through prayer. And then Augustine said, For when your desire is your prayer, and your desire is without ceasing, your prayer also will be without ceasing. Such great reminders to us. You know, we can learn something from these prayer giants. And I want to encourage you as an immediate next step from today's program, those of you who love to memorize the Bible, try to memorize it. Uh, but if you love to just read and study the Bible, I want to encourage you to open your Bible to Psalm 147. There's about 20 verses. And why don't you try and memorize Psalm 147? Just memorize it. Make it your prayer to God. It's, it's in fact, a song of worship and praise to God. Um, and by the way, singing alone in God's presence, I think, is one of the most neglected aspects of personal prayer. Um, 
I love this. At least 41 psalms specifically refer to singing praises to the Lord. And so make private praise part of your prayer life. So make that an immediate next step from today's program. I want to encourage you to subscribe to the Jeremiah Johnston Show. We tackle difficult questions like the questions we've been discussing on this program as it relates to prayer. They edify us when we go deeper and they encourage us to be more active in our faith and more effective reaching and carrying out the Great Commission. So definitely subscribe to the program. Share it with someone around you. Uh, Pray for this program. Thank God for Faith Radio Network, our good friends who are putting it out week in and week out. And pray for all of the team that works to make this production possible. Friends, I'm probably coming to your area too, so connect with Christian Thinker Society online, and we will see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Jeremiah Johnston. Thanks for listening to the podcast from the Jeremiah Johnston Show. I definitely want to hear from you, so if you have a follow-up question from today's program, you can submit it to me at www.askjjj.com. You'll also see how you can connect with us from there across social media. And don't forget, these conversations are available because of listener support. And you can make a gift right now to the Faith Radio Network at www.myfaithradio.com. And to avoid missing future editions of the Jeremiah Johnston Show, please subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. You can do a Google Play, RSS feed. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of the program.